Welcome to At Home with Hunter. My name is Hunter. Obviously. Uh, my name is Hunter. This is At Home with Hunter. Today I have Jenny with Sneeds Nursery. Hi, Jenny. How are you doing? Hello. Very good. Awesome. So you're with Sneeds Nursery. I've been joking on my Facebook that it is a nursery for plants, not for babies. So tell Correct. me a little bit about <laughs> Sneeds. Uh, so Sneeds Nursery um, has been in business since 1976. We are uh, focused on organics and sustainable gardening practices, which is, um, seems like it makes sense because we're in the green industry, but I realized back in 2009 that we weren't really all that green um, and really made a concerted effort to get rid of um, synthetic fertilizers and uh, pesticides and really focus on offering organic products to our customers. Um, also educating them about the fact that we're the river city, um, all the things that we do in our yards impact the river and ultimately mm -hmm. the bay. Um, so if we can be responsible in our own yards, we can impact you know, the environment in a larger way. And we've had a great outpouring of support for that stance. Um, I love that because normally you don't, you think of plants as being green. Like there isn't yeah. that whole, you know, we're doing something bad for the environment if we're planting things outdoors. So right. I think that that's really cool to make sure that we're doing it responsibly. Yeah. And when people come in and ask for grass seed, I always tell them, I'm so sorry. We're a bunch of plant geeks. We all love really unusual and fun, weird plants. Yeah. And lawns are not what we do. Grass, a, a nice, pretty grass lawn is not very sustainable as far as the environment goes. You have to water it regularly. You have to feed it regularly. And that's just, I'd rather water and take care of plants that are giving something back to me, like pretty flowers or pollinator plants, that kind of thing. So let me ask you a question then, um, because I obsessed about, I have, <clears throat> excuse me, I have this large patch of dirt in the backyard um, where the dogs like run through, yeah. that's where they hop off the deck and they run through to go take care of business. Yeah. Plant there. If you're not planting grass, because I've tried to grow grass now for two years and it's yeah. still dirt. Yeah, that's, I, it's funny because I've got two puppies or my daughter did for Christmas. And um, so I'm experiencing the same thing where they are in the yard and there's areas where it's just turned to dirt. Yeah. And um, I've just put stone down, oh. you know, it, the, trying to plant anything in a place where they're going to regularly run through it. You're just going to end up with it being dug up or, or just getting going away eventually. Yeah. So I've just put some large pieces of slate down so that they can run and they can't hurt it. <laughs> yeah. I've also heard about clover, like clover yards. Is that right. a sustainable thing? Yeah. And the thing about it is you just would have to keep your dogs out, out of that area until it got established. So that would be right. like months of trying to keep your dogs from going through the same area. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, my yard is just a bunch of weeds and I mow it <laughs> just like it was grass. It's just, it's not grass. Well, I feel and, we stay green longer anyways. So yeah. I feel like that makes sense. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. My, my first question, obviously Virginia seasons are wonky. We can have spring for two weeks or spring for three months. Um, summers are hot. Either it rains way too much or it rains not enough. Um, 
some winters are mild, some are awful and we get a lot of snow and it's freezing all the time. What are the best plants to plant each season? Yeah, our seasons are definitely wonky. Um, but like in the spring, you know, in this spring, our, our last frost came so late and a lot of people ended up losing annuals that they planted yeah. because, you know, I think it was almost the end of April, beginning of May that we still had cold nights and right. certain plants just want hot nights and warm weather to grow. But you also had this pandemic happening and everybody is stuck at home and wants to make everything pretty. So lots of folks were out buying, you know, petunias, um, snapdragons, you know, zinnias, everyone wanted everything right now. Um, but early spring, when it's still cool outside, pansies and snapdragons are your best bet. When it gets warm, like right now, the zinnias, the petunias, you know, all those things can do well. Um, perennials are always popular. Those are the plants that come back year after year. Okay. And there's just, there's so much that you can plant. And really the big key with most all of it is as long as you're home to water it, you can plant it. I and mean, we haven't had rain now for almost five weeks. Um, so if you're planting anything right now, you've got to understand that, you know, if we were, ha if we had it at the nursery, we'd be watering it once to twice a day. So if you're getting it home and planting it, you're going to need to water it at least once a day. And water is really the key thing to planting anything. Right, right. Yeah, I've noticed it has not, it has not rained. <laughs> yeah. Everything. Yeah. I have some, I have some grapes in the backyard from the prior homeowner and we've only been here for two years. So last year the grapes came, I guess it didn't rain a lot last summer either because they died very quickly. This summer yeah. they were starting to turn purple and then all of a sudden they died. And I was so excited yeah. that I was going to make like hunter's hooch out of it and like turn it into, <laughs> trying to figure out how to turn it into some kind of alcohol. And now it's just, right. there's like raisins in my yard now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sucks. No, it's, it's water. I mean, last year it was the same thing. July and August was, we didn't have any rain for two months. Yeah. And people who had plants in the ground for five years were losing their plants. So, yeah. You know, I've been in my house for two years and I've, I've planted a lot and I was on vacation last week and I spent the entire time <laughs> pulling a hose around the yard. Yeah. So it's, it's just, that's kind of the, you know, that's the work of having plants is, right. is taking care of them. Okay. Um, so my next question, plants that don't die, are there plants that are so sustainable, so hardy? that they are going to thrive in this type of climate where it's not raining all the time or things that are just, I kill everything. What can I get? It's <laughs> easy. So yeah, like I, we had a customer in the other day who, who was having us do up containers for them for a party that they're going to have. And she's like, oh, and by the way, I, I don't water. And <laughs> we were like, okay. well, they're not going to live. And, you know, that's a question that people ask a lot. It's like, what can I plant that's going to make it? So, I mean, you can start with using natives. That's always a good choice because if it's native to our area, it's going to be more accustomed to our climate and the ups and downs that we experience. Um, and we do offer a whole lot of natives um, for our customers. It is definitely an upward trend of, of trying to go native. It's better for our pollinators and our, you know, you know the wildlife and all of that. Um, but if you do that, it's still 12 to 18 months for a plant to get established. Okay. So even if it's a native, 
you still have to remember if we go four weeks without water, oh, hey, I got to go water that, you know, my burnum that I planted. So they will be tougher and more resilient, um, but it doesn't mean that they still won't need a little bit of love. Okay. I'm but with yeah, you. natives are a great, great way to go. Okay. Um, <clears throat> next question about bugs. So yeah. what can you plant? And I tried some of this the last summer. We had an awful mosquito problem and I think I got like lemongrass and lavender and like, of course, yeah. all of it died because I can't keep anything alive. <laughs> but also, while it was still alive, it did not prevent uh, the mosquitoes. So what can people plant to keep the bugs away, especially while we're spending so much more time at home. I feel like that's kind of a hot topic right now. Right, right. And a lot of folks come in for herbs because all of our herbs that we sell and all the vegetables that we sell, they're, they're all um, USDA organic. So all of my stuff is not treated. Um, and they'll come in for those mixtures of lemongrass, the citronella plant, um, basil, lavender, all, all those things. The, the problem is, the thing that keeps the mosquitoes away is the essential oils that are in those plants. So you kind of have to be rubbing the plants oh. in order to make the, so <laughs> make I need the to, scent like, pet, out there. I need to pet my yeah. plants? Okay. Right. <laughs> Which doesn't make a lot of sense, but they're lovely combinations and you can yeah. use them for cooking and all those things. Um, we do sell something that is a, a no chemicals. It's CDC recommended. It cuts down mosquitoes by 80%. And it's basically a system of um, two five-gallon buckets that you put water in and um, grass from your clippings or whatever into the bucket. And there's a trap. It attracts the female mosquitoes to it. And then they, they get stuck on the sticky trap and you're done. You just okay. change your sticky trap, I think, every six weeks. Um, so that's something that we offer. You just put those around your yard and that helps cut down on the mosquitoes and is more effective than the lemongrass. Okay. Yeah. I didn't get you don't have to pet it. anywhere with that. I was so hopeful. I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to put this around my deck. It's going to be I know. And it, it looks pretty. It was not, it was pretty. It was pretty until it died, but it did yeah. not get <laughs> mosquitoes away. Um, so pollinators, what are the best plants for our pollinators? Bees are a big deal. We need to make sure that we obviously save our bees. We have quite a few in our yard and I have no idea why because I have no plants or no flowers. <laughs> um, right. Plenty of weeds, plenty of random trees and stuff. But what do we plant to help our bee population? So that's a huge, just like natives, the pollinators are a big topic and something that's becoming more prevalent as something that we need to take care of. Yeah. Um, and we offer all kinds of plants that the pollinators are attracted to. Um, one that's, you know, anytime somebody talks about their vegetable garden not really producing a lot of plants or, or vegetables, I'll say, well, you want to maybe plant some agastache because that is a nonstop bloomer. It's perennial and it attracts millions of bees. I mean, bees just love that plant. Um, so agastache is a huge one. Okay. But you also have to think about the different, different stages of pollinators' lives. So in addition to the bee or the butterfly, you want to think about food for caterpillars. Um, and Asclepius or butterfly weed is a really popular plant for the monarchs. Um, and there's also milkweed. Um, and having lots of different varieties of plants versus all of the same thing is good because, again, diversity in everything is right. fabulous. Um, and it's also really great in the garden because it just 
helps attract more different kinds of pollinators because everybody thinks about the bees, but there are more than just the bees that help pollinate things. Right. Um, kind of think about daisy-like flowers, so the cone flowers, the the um, black-eyed susans, um, and then in annuals, there's these plants called kufia or firecracker plant, and the hummingbirds absolutely love them. Every single one of my containers on my deck has at least one uh, kufia plant because it's they pass by the hummingbird feeder to go to my plant so i get to see hummingbirds all the time i get excited oh, cool. i love it you know i'm like hummingbird you know i scream that out loud and <laughs> my family comes running and then of course we scare we, we scare it away, scared away but yeah. I, I i never lose the thrill of seeing a hummingbird but yeah what there's all firecracker plant look like it it's also sometimes called bat face because if you look at it's like a tube-shaped flower, which the hummingbirds like tube-shaped flowers because um, they can get their beaks down in it. But if you look at the end of it, it looks it looks like a little bat face. It's kind oh. of coral in color and has a little yellow at the tip. It has like these little, they look like antennae coming out. It's just a neat plant. That's <laughs> oh, cool. I, so I, back in March, I bought a bunch of random bulbs and then I planted them all and then I threw the package away. So I had no idea what I actually <laughs> planted. I'm awful at this. I'm so glad <laughs> that I at least know someone now that I can be like, what did I do? Um, so now I have all these like random plants growing. I have no idea what they are. Some of them are just leaves and, or just really long leaves. And then I had this one thing that grew and it was like purple and fuzzy at the top and I'm like yeah. I don't know what this is but it's pretty but I was expecting like all these flowers and fun things yeah. that's not that's not what I got so <laughs> well, it sounds like an allium and with the bulbs um you can plant bulbs in the spring for summer blooms and you can mm. plant bulbs in the fall for spring blooms um, but anytime, I, I tell my customers this all the time, if you ever have something growing in your yard and you're not sure what it is, snap a picture and send me an email. If I can't figure out what it is, somebody at Sneeds can. Okay. So I yeah. might do that. I might send yeah. you a picture of some of the random stuff because yeah. I was, Definitely. like I said, I was expecting on the package, it looked really pretty, like all of these like flowers and then like it's that's just it's not yeah. what it looks well, like now you know, that's their job is to make you want to buy that package you're getting one bulb or you're getting two or three bulbs and it's going to produce one flower each the idea is that you want to mass plant them so buy okay. lots of them you know a lot of times they'll have more flowers in that picture like a like bulbs coming up through pansies or coming up through other plants are always a great combo. Right. So a lot of times that picture is not just of the bulb that you're planting, but they've added some other things in there. Gotcha. Um, I think it's false fall, advertising. Like we've got, say that again? <laughs> I think it was false advertising. Yes, it is. It totally is. What that and sometimes, like. Say that again? I said it's definitely what that looked like. It just looked like, I mean, so many flowers and I was so excited. Yeah. No. Yeah, that's that's not setting the expectations correctly. <laughs> no. But we um we we've got our fall bulbs coming in, so that's like all the tulips and the daffodils, and you can start planting those in October. Um, and you know that plus adding pansies or snapdragons, like I said, which like the cooler weather, you'll have blooms all winter long with the snapdragons and the pansies and in the spring all the bulbs that you planted will come up through that and you'll have like the bonus like that will be the picture that you oh, saw but you okay. having that come up 
I'm going to need to do that. I'm going to, I'm going to come out and see you and need to do get, that. get some help. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, we talked a little bit about being sustainable, not using chemicals. If someone wanted to use a fertilizer, you go to the store and you see all this miracle grow, all kinds of stuff. Do you recommend fertilizers or no? Or does, does nature just do what nature does? So our approach is always, um, I'd rather you walk away from my store with knowledge than with a product if you don't need a product. Right. Um, certain things do need fertilizer. Vegetables need fertilizer because you're wanting it to produce as much you know, vegetables and fruits as possible. Yeah. So you have to feed that. Um, annuals, you have to feed them because you want them to make flowers. Um, trees and shrubs, I go a different route. You know, when you plant them, you need to plant them with bone meal, which helps get uh, the roots growing and helps get established a little bit faster. But if your shrubs all look happy, they look green, they're doing their thing, they don't look sad, then they don't need to be fed on a regular basis. It's just not necessary. Um, sometimes after the winter, your evergreens like your hollies and your camellias and your gardenias and your azaleas might look peaked, like not real green green, but more kind of a yellow green. Mm -hmm. That's when I'm going to tell you, hey, you probably should apply dried blood, which is an organic source of nitrogen, which is what helps green up the leaves. Um, but if your things look happy, there's no reason to feed them. Okay. So um, we offer organic uh, happy frog products as well as coast of Maine um, for, for fertilizing your plants. And um, so we've got great answers if you come in and tell me what the problem is. But you're going to get a, an answer that's specific to you, your yard, and your plant. I don't do blanket state statements on that. Okay. Uh, what's your preference? I've seen a lot of containers, um, people planting in the ground, lots of raised beds this year. What is your preference as far as if I want to go out and buy a whole bunch of stuff, am I doing better if I put it in a container that I can move around if I find that I put it in the wrong area or does it do better with a root system in the ground? So that's a great question. And I know a lot of people who've never gardened in their lives got out this spring and built raised beds. And yeah, like yeah, everyone, and, that's like the Instagram <laughs> trend right now. <laughs> yeah. Our bag good sales were up 140%. I mean, it's, you know, if you build a raised bed, it's going to take, depending on the size, but about 30 to, to 40 cubic feet of soil to put yeah. into that. So that's a lot of, um, a lot of soil, but my preference, you know, my, my family, they're farmers, and so obviously they've been planting in the ground. But for me personally, my family, I, um, I like raised beds because I feel like I have more control over the, the, the environment of those plants. Okay. So I love raised beds. Um, it lifts it just a little bit, you know, makes it a little easier on the back as well. You're a little That's closer true. to the plant, uh -huh. um, but you have more control over what's happening. And it also gives you a little bit earlier season because um, that raised bed is going to be a little bit warmer than the soil. So if you want to get started a little bit earlier, that helps. Um, I also like with my raised beds, I can put PVC pipes in the corners and then I can extend my growing season in the winter by putting plastic over it. So I get you know, I'll have kale and spinach all winter long. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it just gives you a, more control over what's happening. Yeah, I like that. Um, question, this was a big question that I got asked because uh, we just don't know. Watering early in the morning or late in the afternoon. Some people say you get mold if you water late in the afternoon, if you're planting things. 
I don't really know. I generally tend to water when I remember and, <laughs> and kind of in the morning ish. Cause I'm not, I don't get up at five or six o'clock. That's just not my life. Um, yeah. so what's, what's the best? What do plants prefer? So for watering, I mean, it's when they need it for sure. Um, but if you're watering your, I try to tell people to avoid the foliage, you know, try to, you're watering the soil. The soil is what needs the water. Well, the roots are what need the water, not the leaves. So sometimes you'll see people watering on the leaves. That's when you're going to come into problems with powdery mildew or even scald. Because okay. if it's a hundred degrees outside and you're outside watering in the middle of the day, because that's the only time you've had that opportunity, um, you can really cause some burn on the plants. So always water the soil. That's the first step. And I always say morning versus any other time, like first thing in the morning. But you know, if it's the evening and, and everything is thirsty, as long as you keep the water on the soil, you should be fine. Okay. Okay. Um, can everyone grow a garden? <laughs> or are there some people that just shouldn't? <laughs> I say everyone could grow a garden. Um, you know, if you, even if you have, that's another thing that Sneeds really tries to do. Like we have a little tiny, like four by four space next to our gazebo where we grow vegetables um, year round. And we have it there just to say, hey, you know, even if you only have a small patch, you can do something. Yeah. And we sell things that are called um, smart pots. And they're fabric bags that you can put on like a deck or a patio or a balcony if you live in an apartment. Um, and you can grow a vegetable in it if you have the sunlight. If you don't okay. have sun, obviously that would be a problem. But you're trying to get people to kind of think outside of the box. Like, try it. You might find that you're successful. Yeah. But water's key and sunlight's key with your growing vegetables. Um, water is key for all plants. Yeah. Um, and that's that's the takeaway. But I, yeah, even if you feel like you have a black thumb, I feel like you should still never give up, you know? You, well, one day you're going to find something you do well. That was a, a follow-up question, kind of personal. Is it true? <laughs> do people have black thumbs and they're just those kinds of people that are not organized enough or just, I know people that are like, I don't own plants because I've killed every single one. Like, is that, is that even a thing or is that just something that people like psych themselves out about? I think it's definitely the brain. I, yeah. I don't, I think that someday it, it's going to happen. You just have to find the right plant. Like if it's mother-in-law's tongue, I've got a mother-in-law's tongue. I water it once every four months. It sits in the corner of my back, right? See, That's sometimes you do that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing. We got to find the right plant. Um, and but it's funny too, because sometimes I have customers that go in the other direction where they, they kill the plant because they've babied it to death. They've like worried over it and fretted over it. And it's like, it's all going to be good. Just take a deep breath and we're going to yeah. make this all work. So, I mean, another thing I, I, I tell people is we want you to be successful. So if you get home and you feel like things are not going right, send me an email with a picture. Yeah. You know, let's talk about what's going on before it's dead. That way we can get to the root of what's happening and, and help you turn things around. So if it's close to dead, can you revive it? I mean, I've had people bring me half dead, you know, plants and, and we try and sometimes we're successful and sometimes we're not. We offer a product called Boomerang, which we, we try to use that. It kind of helps plants recover, okay. helps with stress. So um, yeah, I mean, we, we don't give up easily. <laughs>
All right. So moving indoors, what are your best plants indoors for like air quality, um, purification and pretty? Yes. I always have to cheat on this one and just go online. I mean, there's like the NASA's top 10 plants for air, air quality. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that Pothos, Peace Lily, um, both of those are on that list. And then the fun thing with Pothos uh, is that it, you can get it in straight green, you can get it in yellow and green, you can get it in white and green. There's lots of different variegations on the foliage. Um, and it's really super easy. It's hard to kill that one. Um, philodendrons are also on that list. Um, but yeah, there's the mother-in-law's tongue is the one that I was saying is so easy. And that's just like, a, when you get into the houseplants, there's just so much variety. You know, there's the standard mother-in-law's tongue and then there's like 50 other varieties. And then houseplants have become such a trend with millennials that there's like the hot, you know, the money plant. Um, the, I have the one of those. I have you one have one? In my house. There so you. my husband, um, a couple of months ago, decided he really wanted to get into like different plants. So he brings home, we have a money tree and that one stays inside because we also have, um, some aloe and cactus and stuff that I, somehow he's he handles all these things he's managed to keep it alive yeah because <laughs> um, i feel like cactus is really one of those things that like unless you don't water it ever you know like yeah. it's still gonna do something so he he got us a money plant and it's growing um and then he got a coconut tree so oh wow so we have one of those in the backyard I like again, <laughs> take care of it. And then, um, I can't remember the name of it. It's like the little oranges. Like clementines? Like a clementine. Yeah. Like a clementine tree. And so far that one has like a little bud on it, but I told him, I was like, why did you get these random? We're not going to keep a coconut tree alive. Like <laughs> make it really big. And we live in Virginia where it's cold in the winter. Yeah. I don't, where did he get a coconut tree? Like, I've never even seen those available. Stranges, I think. Okay. He went. Um, interesting. Look, I don't I'll have to know. check that out. He, it was definitely <laughs> interesting. Um, I am really into like the beach and stuff like that. So I, I love ha like having palm trees around. We killed our last one. I killed the last one. Um, so he wanted to try and find something that was going to kind of look like it. And it's a literal coconut that just like sprouted leaves it's the weirdest wow. thing but it sits on our back deck and he waters it and takes care of it i don't think it's gonna make it but it would probably have to come in and the one problem with some of the tropicals like that is they're so big eventually yeah, but it's in a container already that's like already this big and i yeah. can't lift it so <laughs> i told him he was in charge of all of that because i like if I touch it, it's just, it's, it's not going to bode well for either one of us. <laughs> <laughs> your back and your finger. So, um, I do have a question and I need some help. We have, I was gifted back in April, some hydrangeas and I planted them. One of them is doing, well, first of all, they turned green. Is that a thing that normally happens? Cause they came to me really pretty and blue and now they're green is that is that normal yeah. 
Yeah, so what happens is, you know, the, the blooms last a really, really long time, but the reason they last a really long time is because they essentially dry on the plant. And so what happens is they go from that really pretty blue, and then it kind of sometimes will turn to a pinkish color or turn to a, a not brown or tan color, but it's essentially dried and lasting on the bush. Okay. Um, there's, so you've got a mop head hydrangea, which are the big round ones that are like the old fashioned pink and blue. Yeah. Um, but hydrangeas have lots of different ones. Those mop heads are the thirstiest. You probably okay. had to water it more than other plants. Yeah. Um, but then there's also the panicled hydrangeas, which are like the limelights. Um, they come out kind of a white or lime color, and then they fade to a brown eventually as well. Okay. But those can take more sunlight and are more drought resistant. Okay. So the one of them is doing very well. Like I can tell that it is, it like livened back up and it's perky and it's growing. The other one is not doing well at all. And I am doing the same thing to both of them, but it's just kind of, it looks like a bug got to them. And is there a way that I can bring it back? Like the leaves are like shredded a little bit. Um, so I don't think Japanese beetles really get on hydrangeas, but if a bug was on it, it's probably gone. I tell people to kind of look underneath the foliage and see if you see anything. Okay. But if holes are there, it was either a caterpillar, slugs, Japanese beetles, and those have their life cycles and then kind of just go away. Okay. So there, it's, it's probably gone. But if it's not wilted, it's just holes. There's not anything, I mean, next year you just hope that the bug doesn't get on it. Okay. It's, it, it's you want to, it's kind of uh, like you're always looking through your garden and looking for problems and you, the sooner you can notice that there's a problem, the, the faster you can take care of it. Okay. But once it gets to a point where the it's, it's riddled with holes, there's nothing you can do to make those holes go away. No. Is there something that I can give it that'll make it happy again besides water obviously like just to make it kind of look a little happier like the other one looks <laughs> um if it's it's the holes that make it not happy looking it's just so the the one that is happy is like a round and it just looks sturdier I guess and the right. other one just looks like all of the blooms just kind of fell over and so okay. it's kind of like empty there in the middle and like gotcha I just yep. be a purple like the other one <laughs> he needs to be perky yeah um yeah so probably the weight sometimes the hydrangeas especially when they're young the weight of those flowers especially if they get wet or whatever can yeah. weigh the plant down and make it open up like you're describing okay and when that happens you can always go out with like a like a, a bamboo stake or something like that and kind of tie it up Okay. That helps it look perkier. Um, you just want to make sure it's not opening up because it's thirsty. Okay. You know, but if the leaves are are rigid and, and everything looks fine, it's just the weight of the flowers have pulled it out, you can stake it up. And then next year you can always consider we we sell um, hoops or plant supports that you can put around your plants, but you usually want to do that early in the season so that it's kind of growing through that versus afterwards. Okay. All right. And my last question, because um, I've been trying to grow lavender and yeah. 
um, thyme in my kitchen. So above my sink or whatever, I right. have mint and it grows like crazy. Um, I don't use it for anything. I literally just, it away. <laughs> um, but I really wanted lavender. So I did the, the, I got the little baby seeds and I did the paper towel trick. Is that real? Like, or did I just, I feel like no, I that's a, the internet somewhere. And so I yeah. just did it. No, that, that's definitely for real. Yeah. Okay. To, to test germination and, and to get it, them growing. Yeah. That's totally. So perfect. I did that. And then I had like little, um, sprouts, I guess. And I planted said little sprouts and nothing happened. What am I doing wrong? Well, a lot of different things could happen. Okay. So with, when you're doing seedlings, and I mean, I kill as many plants as everybody else. I mean, it's just trial and error. But um, when you're doing things from seed, you know, got, uh, this little seed is depending on you for life. And so right. um, water, again, like if you went a day without water and it got too dry, that could have happened. Or if it could have rotted out if it had too much water. Okay. It's, water's always, <laughs> it's the root of everything. <laughs> okay. Um, so there's a lot of different variable factors, though, that, that could have played into that. Plus, lavender is not always that easy to grow from seed. So take comfort in that. Okay. <laughs> mint is easy. Lavender is not as easy. Yeah. Um, mint has been, like, I can't kill it. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it can be a weed, but it's yeah. great in drinks. That's what I hear. It just keeps growing and growing and growing. So I'll cut some off, give it around to friends. And then I'm like, hit me back up in a couple of weeks because it just yep. keeps growing. Um, yeah. Well, I think that that's all the questions that I got from my listeners on Instagram and some of my personal issues. With yeah. <laughs> um, if people want to find you, where are they going to find you? Uh, Jenny at sneedsnursery.com. They can send me an email. Like I said, pictures, problems, whatever we, that's kind of what we do. Awesome. Or then come see us at 8756 Huguenot Road. We're right uh, south of Chippenham on Huguenot. Um, we're kind of a little hidden gem. If you blink, you might miss us, but if you find us, we're worth it. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jenny. I really appreciate your time today. Yeah. Thank you. It was fun. Make sure that you follow me on Instagram and Facebook at She Is Hunter and also subscribe wherever you subscribe to your podcast. That's where I'll be.